Hello, welcome back to Flyover Crime. We've been gone for a while, but here we are. We are very excited to bring you new content. Um, every time the Flyover Crime, <laughs> I just have to say it. Every time the Flyover Crime music starts going, I just do like this weird little dance <laughs> that I, you keep looking at. And I'm at just me. like <laughs> twisting my finger, like, come on, let's get yeah. this over with. It's, a, it's only nine seconds, but it feels really long. I know. Well, we are very excited. We have uh, two new stories for you that mm-hmm. we are very excited to bring. So we're going to kick it off with uh, Carson sharing some content, and then I will do the same. All right, here we go. If I can find the button. <laughs> so I have been asking random people that I run into or like I'm sitting at a bar at happy hour and like, hey, do you know anybody that got murdered by chance? And my friend Julia actually said, yes, I do. And I actually had to interview her twice and I meant to record her, but I didn't. So it's all from memory. Well, but I kind of love that, right? So you have like a firsthand account that probably our listeners don't have like mm-hmm. available to them on Wikipedia or Murderpedia or you know what I mean? Yep. So that's very cool. Yeah. She actually helped the police catch him. Oh, well, by shit. evidence that was <laughs> in her closet. So we're talking about today a man named Jeff Emery. So Jeff Emery was born on June 5th, 1959. And what I read is that like nothing of event or whatever you want to call it, like nothing major happened. But Julia was telling me that he told her that his mother, Dorothy, was like super abusive and would lock him in closets and like all that not so nice stuff. Yeah. So... (laughs) surprisingly, because of that behavior, I'm assuming that might have been what led to his parents' divorce. Ah, And (laughs) the dad got the hell out of Dodge from Milwaukee and moved to College Station, Texas. Oh, okay. So So they're bopping around a little bit. Yeah, so I think Jeff stayed in Milwaukee for a while because his wife somehow ends up there. Okay. So I think they might have met in Milwaukee and then moved down to where his dad is in College Station. Gotcha, yep. So, like I said, raised in Milwaukee, and so Jeff's wife, Debbie, or Deborah, um, got pregnant, like, right away after they got married, and the baby also died, like, right after childbirth. So, after everything that came up with him, initially they thought the baby died of SIDS, but there are questions whether or not Jeff actually killed their child. Do they, like, was there any factual evidence that showed that no or they just they just kind of like yeah like he's just kind of an odd guy yeah he's capable yeah exactly now we know what he's capable of so let's go back and kind of look at everything else yep Mm -hmm. so um he goes to school to become an air conditioning repairman i that's what it says on like the police like one of those old timey, old timey, it was in the 80s. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's like a booking card with like his picture and it says like former occupation and it said air condition gotcha. repairman or something. Yep. So instead of doing that, he just decided to rob people's houses and apartments, oh, just oh, breaking okay. in, stealing all their shit. So it cut seems to like a, a, a roughly good plan, I guess. Cut to October 12th, 1979. He was 19 years old and was robbing an apartment of a Texas A&M student named LaShawn Mullinghouse. Sadly, I can't find really anything about her, but I saw a picture of her and she's just gorgeous and Aww. happy to be alive. Like you can see it in her eyes. I'll pull it up and show it to you. Oh, yeah. Not right now. 
Um, but yeah, I can't find anything on the victim except that she was 19 and she was, I can't even figure out what she was in school Just for. Just like a cool But if she was only 19, student. she might not have even declared a major yet. Right. I mean, she probably had a lot of her life ahead of her. Oh, absolutely. You know, and yeah, that's too bad. So she walked in on him robbing the apartment and they were both like, you're not supposed to be here is what both of them were kind of thinking. So he grabbed a knife and stabbed her 25 times. And I feel like usually when there's that amount of stabbing, right? Mm -hmm. Like it usually gets tied back to somebody that has like a crime of passion. Right. And so you're stabbing multiple times because you're super mad at this person, right? So you have like a divorce or, you know, something. Some kind of trigger. Right. So that's kind of odd that it would be somebody that he didn't know previous to the crime Mm -hmm. and then like went in on it that much. Yeah, because you read that every time that that's like an intimate, right. like you usually would know the person that you're stabbing. Well, and that's the thing is like stabbing somebody is It's very, hard. Yeah, like you are going through, let's just say this, I mean, this is very morbid, which is kind of what our podcast is about. But like you are going through potentially like bones, bones. you know, bone, muscle, things that are not easy to actually break in and out of. Yeah. I mean, I just... Something must have broke with him. It would be my guess. Oh. I mean, okay, so okay. This so. actually gets a little bit worse, and I'm not going to use the words you hate the most. But uh, after, yeah, okay. All right, after he killed her, he okay violated. Okay, all right. Her body. There, there we go. So yeah, yeah. that's. <laughs> I know. I know how much you hate that. Yeah, I, that actually, you know, I'm just kind of tearing up a yeah. little bit. That makes me super sad and upset. So. Oh, I don't know what that was. So, yeah, why are we doing a true crime podcast? No, no, no. Like, did you hear that little together? beep? Oh. There was a weird little beep. Anyways, oh, no. so he goes home covered in blood, oh. and his wife Debbie's like, "What's up?" <laughs> and well, <laughs> I mean, that's what I would kind of do. Yeah, just like, like what, what you doing? Yeah, yeah, what you doing over there? <laughs> so he tells her what he had done, okay, and drove her back to the crime scene. Oh, okay. So the back, they get, oh, no this this gets better. So they get back to the crime scene. Somebody found her body right away because there were press, police, huge crowds everywhere, and they got out of the car and they're actually in photos of the crime scene. Oh, okay. So we should for sure. I tried some. to find some. Oh, you can. Mm-mm. I'll dig oh. a little deeper though. Yeah, but I feel like that would be like kind of cool to post on our mm-hmm. Facebook page. I agree. Too. Um, but that also, like, happens very frequently, right? Like, the, the person that actually commits the crime goes back to the scene of the crime. Yep. And they will be at, like, Or they'll go to the searches. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that, like, something in them kind of breaks a little bit, and they're just, like, so invested. Right. And, like, how this whole thing turns out. Yep. And, yeah, I, I, I mean... For those of us that are like-minded and think that this is kind of ridiculous that people would behave that way, it is kind of interesting. It is. Right? Like, well, and that's why you like true crime, right? You're a psychology oh, major. major. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I said, did I tell you that he told Debbie if she tells anybody oh, the same no. thing would happen to her? Oh, okay. Well, that's so she nice. lies to the police for him. 
Okay, so now she <laughs> now so, she's implicated. Time goes on. I think they had separated. Like I said, there's not a whole lot of detailed information on this. But in 1982, they finally get a divorce. Okay. He stays. He was still in Texas when she moved to Milwaukee. Okay. So after this happened, he just he got out of Dodge. So he called his half sister Kendall. Now this is who Julia's friend is. This is the connection. Oh, okay. So he called his half sister Kendall, who lived with his, who lived with her mother. So, diff- same dad, different mom. Gotcha. Yep. Um, I'm following along. Okay. On the family I'm tree. Kind of <laughs> so same dad, different mother. He so was half like, sisters. I've got nowhere to go. Can I crash with you guys? She talked to her mom. They were like, Yeah, you can stay here. Whatever. Get a job. He does get a job at the Apache Movie Theater. And robs it. So, oh, yeah, sure. As you would. <laughs> Once he got caught for that, his half-sister and her mother were like, you've got to go. So Kendall felt kind of bad, so she called Julia and said, hey, my brother's got nowhere to go. Would you mind if he stayed with you for a while? <gasps> oh, F that. Yeah. So she ended up just asking her husband, Charlie, who divorced shortly after this happened, um, you know, my friend's brother has nowhere to go. Can he crash on the couch? And okay, she was, so I, I gotta like I gotta pause there. I am not all about that. No, I feel, I a complete feel, stranger, feel, absolutely no, not. No, I, I feel like we are very kind people, but I don't. Not like, to that extent. No, I I wouldn't welcome somebody like if I didn't know them into my home to just like be a, around all my stuff. Right. <laughs> anyway, sorry, so sorry. I just had Julia on. worked during the day. I don't know what her husband did. But she had no idea, like, what was going on at home when she was at work. Well, Charlie and Jeff had something in common. They both loved robbing people. So what they would do is they would dress up in, like, jogging suits. Okay. And just, like, jog around neighborhoods to see who was home, who wasn't, and rob houses. And this was in, she told me it was in... Uh, the North Oaks neighborhood, which I guess is near Shoreview, Minnesota, which is a suburb of like St. Paul, Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And so they got caught while robbing another house. And um, sometime during this happening, Debbie was like, okay, I'm finally divorced. I can't live with this. And she called the police and said, oh. my husband murdered that 19-year-old student in College Station, Texas. <gasps> And I was covering for him because he threatened me. Now we're divorced and I just have, like, I have to come clean. Yeah. So now people are looking for him. Well, luckily, all of these different police stations were talking to each other. Because she called the Milwaukee police for some reason. They called College Station. Then MPD had it on their radar. I don't know if it was just because he had lived in Milwaukee and Minnesota's next door or what. Well, I'm sure they kind of look up, like, where you're at. And so then, like... The chain of events is right. If you were, oh yeah, because you know if he I mean? had a job, yeah, so for a like, while, yeah. I, I mean, I guess I don't know. So happens. Charlie, <laughs> so Charlie got out on bail like immediately. So I guess his mom had some sort of weird police connection, but she was also she also had a rap sheet. So Julia's uh, like, I have no idea how she got him released in less than twenty four hours. Yeah, but poor Jeff. Um, He's held, and they figure it out. So Julia got a call and her and Kendall to come down and talk to the detectives, and they said, 
you know, well, Julie was like, I'm never home. Like, I never see him. Right. Yeah. So I can't really help you. But they were like, can we search your apartment? And she's like, yeah, and I'll show you where he keeps his stuff. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what, what kind of stuff was that? Um, couldn't find that detail. Oh, man. I know. I, I'm I, sorry. I really want, I really want there to, had to have been some you know, sort of trophy the, this, or... No, this is what I was envisioning, is that there was like a floorboard that was kind of like weak in that somebody oh, yeah. pulled it no. up and there was like... Nope. Not that exciting. <laughs> Damn it. Well, can we just like say that there's... <laughs> we will do an editorial on this ourselves. They found teeth. Yeah. <laughs> they did it. A I'm jar. just kidding. <laughs> a jar of teeth. A jar of teeth. <laughs> so... The next day, the detective called her back. They do the search. And um, they found what they needed. He was extradited back to Texas and convicted in 1986 of uh, capital murder. And there was a second offense that he was found guilty of in 1991, and I couldn't figure that out. So because he was in Texas, and there's one other thing I couldn't find, and it really makes me mad, which I will get to in a second. Okay. So 1991, they're like, death penalty. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he was executed December 8th, 1998 (gasps) at 39 years old and was pronounced dead at 6.24 p.m., six minutes after lethal injection began. His execution was the 495th execution since the death penalty was reinstated in 1977. And this is what makes me so angry. I cannot find out what his last meal was. I found out the guy that was executed before him was steak and potatoes. And the guy after him, and I can't remember what that was, but I can't find what his last meal was. Oh, and I actually am very interested. Also, um, I forgot that, like, well, how long was he on death row? Because usually so, that's like an extended period of time. It usually is. This was quick. So I don't know if it was the second offense or if he was already convicted of murder and put on death row in and 1986. That's why, and that's why he got like... But that was still only eight years. Right? Yeah, because I mean, yeah. some of, well, some of it, like, so when you like are on death row... Oh, no, 12. Some of them eight years. are 20. Yeah. 30. Or they die like, before they're executed. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm actually really surprised that he was... I mean, this sounds really crass, but, like, push to the front of the line. Right. Like, and, huh. So, I, okay, so you don't know what the second offense was? Mm Mm-mm. It had to have been something, like, pretty brutal. It had to have been. Because there's no way in the state of Texas that he, in eight years, got executed when there's people that are sitting there for that long. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe huh. they were just really eager because it had only been 20 years. I mean, 495, <laughs> just, that's just really yeah. pushing them through. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no yeah. pun intended yeah. on the lethal injection. <laughs> really pushing them through. And that is the story of Jeff Emery. Well, that is very exciting. Um, and thank you for sharing. And actually, it's really cool because, again, you have that firsthand account. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, again, there's nothing on the internet that right. shares that kind of information. So. And she's a very reliable person, so I don't think she was making anything up. Well, I feel like well, she Well, I know no. she wasn't making anything up. <laughs> no. Um, all right. So, let's just, like, mentally prepare for this. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. So, we're going to be talking about James Urban Rupert. It's either Rupert or Rupert. I can't tell what the two I feel like it's Rupert. Okay. 
That sounds so better. So we're just we're just gonna go with that. That's for what right his now. name is. We decided. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's not, then it's gonna be very disappointing for his family and friends who are I don't obviously had... going oh. to be listening to our podcast. Um, <laughs> what? What? I'll get to it in a minute, but uh, <coughs> there is no family. Maybe not whisper. All right, so I just, I will, I will for sure say just going into this that my good friend Karsten has known that I have a couple of bad weeks preceding me, and so I wasn't really good about doing my homework, and he put all of this together for me, which was very sweet. You're welcome. Um, and he actually went as far as to like <laughs> give me the content in a way that I could just read it. So it was like, hey, so we're talking about this today. And I, I was like, well, I'm just going to bullet point it out, and then hopefully I'll do it justice. But I do appreciate you, you doing like all of that legwork. Um, the one thing that I did keep that I think is very apropos, we talk about, not so much on the podcast, but in conversation, that monsters are either born or created. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. All right. So James Urban Rupert was created on April 12th <laughs> of 1934. <laughs> <laughs> um, so instantly, out of the get-go, he was not set up for... Like, Anything good. No, no, like not set up for success, which is too right. bad, right? Um, he had a brother that was born a year or two before him, who was um, Leonard Jr. And his mother was devastated after giving birth because she wanted a girl. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this actually happens like kind of frequently, right? You want like a girl or a boy or... And... Well, in 1934, could I mean, I know she wanted a girl, but do you think that could have been like a postpartum depression thing? I think for sure that, I mean, and, and personally, I've never went through it, so right. I don't know. But I think that that could have been part of it. Um, and he was abused physically and mentally by his father. Yeah. Like, during his entire upbringing. Um, it's so hard. Like, we, we actually have talked about this, like, at length. It's so hard to hear about... Children that are going through that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and like how subsequently it ends to something that um, is not an ideal situation. I just got like a little choked up because I don't feel like people are set up in a situation where they can ultimately be good people. Right. Because luckily like, I right? had my mom, but that's how my dad was. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think that we, I got through. I I got through it. Yes, and well, I think that you're probably you're different than most. Well, that's very true. <laughs> Not in the way you're saying it, but yeah, that's very true. Yeah. So we should talk about that. But um I'm not literally so, airing my dirty laundry. <laughs> well, no, I think it's important for people to hear though. Um so his mother charity um, was, like, semi-supportive, I think. No. No, no, not no. supportive at all. They okay. were both abusive. She was just oh. all verbal. Because remember, she wanted a girl. Oh, well, 
Yeah, but I feel like maybe, okay. No. no, like a daily reminder that she doesn't want him around. Ah, ah, yes, of course. See, this is why you know that Carson wrote my content. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so at 16 years old, he left home and he unfortunately attempted suicide. He was going to hang himself. Um, unfortunately for him and fortunately for the rest of the world, that yeah. didn't. That didn't Take. work out. <laughs> that didn't work out the way that he had planned. Um, so we ended up moving back in with his parents. And so as I was reading this this morning, I was just like, so then you move back in with Yeah, him. I know. There's <laughs> like, literally no one these else. Abu- these abusive people that have, like, really created a horrible place for your life. You mm-hmm. just, however, I do understand that. And well, I mean, if you have nowhere you to go, it right. doesn't sound like he had many friends. Right. So, I mean... I, I get that. Um, so his father died when he was twelve years old of uh, TB, and tuberculosis. For those of you who might not know, oh what yeah, TB is. <laughs> that don't work in the clinical field, and that's not you know your day to day. So. I'm Silence is golden. Well, no, I'm just I'm, I'm reading I'm reading through. Okay, did so, I write it stupid? No, no, no. Well, one. Okay, so let's just be honest. Okay, so what Carson read for me or wrote for me was when I was reading these articles, I thought that this might ease his pain, but his mother apparently became worse in her verbal abuse to him, and that he was a sissy that could never live up to charity's expectations. Sorry, I was trying to like. <laughs> consolidate that and put my own tone but i mean and sissy was not my word that is a direct quote (laughs) he doesn't say sissy very often um no so i don't think you can anymore i think that's kind of one of those yeah yeah no there's a lot of words we. that's why i just don't talk in public well and then fuck is actually one of them (laughs) that we shouldn't be saying but yeah fuck it yeah (laughs) so basically so his mother was equally as abusive. I I guess I should have registered that. Right. Which is unfortunate because, you know, you kind of lean into your mom. Um, but he was also a very small He fellow, was a small a s- guy. Small fellow in stature for a gentleman. So um, he was like 5'5". Five, five. Or 5'6". Five, they were different in every article. Right, which... Essentially means that he was as tall as I am. Yeah. Which is not, like, super tall. Um, and so nobody expected much of him. Mm-hmm. Like, I think good or bad or ugly, like, everyone kind of just discounted him to a certain um Well, and he was living extent. in his brother's shadow, too, who sounds like he was actually doing really well. Well, and I, I, I'm sure that actually had to, like feel really horrible leading up to this right right? so um i like can't even right now do you want me i i kind of i don't know it kind of like is making me a little blue okay well i'm gonna lighten it up right off the bat by saying (laughs) don't ever buy hamburger helper (laughs) (laughs) okay i'll take this one over so Easter Sunday, 1975, exactly one week after Easter today, uh, he was upstairs sleeping off a hangover when his brother Leonard Jr., his wife Alma, and their eight children arrived for Easter. 
Um, so he went downstairs and his mom was making sloppy joes for the kids. And when he found out, <laughs> this yeah. is not funny. No, um, well, no, it, it is, but it's not. <laughs> no. When he found out his mother was making a hamburger or helper to serve as their Easter meal, he lost his goddamn mind. He went upstairs to his room and retrieved three revolvers and, eight, and an 18-shot rifle, two twenty twos and a three fifty seven Magnum and the rifle, and he went downstairs into the kitchen. Um, his brother was the first to go. So he shot his brother in the chest, which I didn't write in here, sorry. Um, and then he killed Leonard's wife, Alma, who ran in like trying to like see what was going on and stop it and everything. Then he went after his mother, Charity, who was in the middle of preparing the sloppy joes for the kids and murdered her. And then, uh, I know, see, I hate this, this is, part. This is, this is why I couldn't do it. Okay. So then he set eyes on the children who were between four years old and 17 years old. In total, he fired 31 shots in the small two-story home in Hamilton, Ohio. So after that horrific act was committed, he waited three hours, called the police, and just said, there's been a murder, or no, there's been a shooting, and hangs up. He waited for the police. He wasn't, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, he didn't resist arrest. Oh, yeah, he was compliant. Yeah, he was yeah. compliant. Yeah. Um, and I guess, I didn't write this in here because there were so many conflicting reports, but I guess he was, like, mumbling stuff in the back of the police car. Oh, well, I mean... I like, about how he, much he hated his mother? Oh, okay, so not... Okay, so I was thinking more so mumbles of, I'm so sorry about... Like, oh, no, no regret whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, and then he had stated his... My mother always wanted me to be a homosexual as I was not the daughter she wanted, which Liz and I were just talking, and, like, that... It doesn't add up. In 1972, or when did I say this was? 1975, that... Uh, it's just odd, like... Because so many people at that point were closeted. Oh, yeah. Was it, you know? Wasn't it still like a... Was that still a crime? I'm not sure. We'll have to double check. But, I mean, I, I just don't see how, <laughs> how... Well, one, that's a thing. And two, that that is what she's going to, like, actually feel about her son. Right. Or a logical reason to kill all of Well, these. he was clearly mentally not where he needed to be. I know. and But it's like, I get, I get the idea of taking care of your parents when they get older. But, I mean, she was only 65. I guess in 1975 that was considered, like, elderly. Well, eh, I mean, I feel like that's still not a... I know. The, the thing that I get just hung up on, I mean, it's one... And this sounds bad, but, like... It's one thing to kill your mom. It's another thing to, like, kill all of those children. But here's the thing. is If he hated her so much, why didn't he just say, fuck off and die? I'm leaving. Yes. I mean, that would have been the, the that, best that's case what scenario. I would have done. Yeah. <laughs> right. So there's basically, like, yep, just remove yourself from the situation. Yep. Or, you know, if you really have to, you know, murder somebody, then just mom. And then where he went was... I am now going to kill all of these like poor defenseless humans right. that that did nothing wrong, and that's where I got 
Yeah. Stop. Do you want to take it back at no, no, trial? No. No. Okay. No, no. So <laughs> a year later, <laughs> I'm good. A year later, he went to trial and was convicted of murder in the first degree, but for nine counts, which I I wrote it down and I said it earlier. I don't understand how not full eleven. Yeah. I know. So I yeah I don't get how that works, but um. He appealed it in 1982, and his sentence was overturned, and a jury found him guilty of only two of the 11 murders, and the other nine, he was found guilty by reason of insanity, and those were forgiven from his sentence. Yeah, I just... But But guess who's still alive? (laughs) He is. Uh, His next hearing is in 2025, when he will be 101 years old, so I don't think he's going to quite make that mark. No. Could you imagine if they did the Today Show thing of, like, his picture behind bars (laughs) on a Snickers jar? (laughs) Al (laughs) Roker's And today. (laughs) Uh, He did think he was... Oh, yeah, this is also also screwed up, like, and kind of explains, like, how his brain works. So, um, he... He thought he was going to be released early for some reason and inherit the house and the life insurance money of all the family members. I'm guessing the kids didn't have them, but who knows? And yeah, he's not, you don't get that after you kill somebody. Well, and also, so actually that does kind of fall into, oh, delusional. So you pl- well, you, pl- you pled insanity. So mm-hmm. that kind of makes sense <laughs> because mm-hmm. you obviously are crazy thinking that you would actually get any of that money. Right. Um, how how do you even think that? I don't know. Right? Maybe you don't know anything about the law. <laughs> <laughs> and you actually don't logically know how life works. Right. <laughs> Because I think it, I think all in all, he planned on inheriting three hundred thousand dollars, which for nineteen seventy five, that was a lot of a money. A lot of money. Yeah, today it wouldn't really get you too far. No, not three hundred. You'd no. still have to work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but do you want to talk about this part? The house is still there. Oh no! But like, okay, so you you say it, and then I'm gonna like go into what I think we should do. Okay. So the ho- <laughs> I just got like really excited, and I, I don't just know. Sat like a little. You did. You you really perked up there. Um, see, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> she was taking know. a drink, so I'm really sorry okay, for doing okay, that. Okay. Uh, so the house is still there, and it's I don't know who owns it, but somebody's been renting it out often, and people don't stay there for very long because. It's haunted. Okay, so we've talked about this before, I think, in mm-hmm. like our previous podcast. As our audio goes blank like the last time we talked about <laughs> right, a haunted yeah, house. Exactly. Like we Ooh, I actually want to check on that. Yeah, we probably should because shit was getting real. Yep, we're still oh, recording. Okay. So we are thinking that we are going to go stay at like some sort of like Oh, Hotel. let me finish one thing though with the oh, story though. Okay. So people say they hear screaming at night. Yeah, and that's, I think that's exactly two years has been the longest since uh, I think the last people to occupy it were like a single mom and her son. Oh, okay. Well, like yeah. recently. Well, I mean, I'm thinking well, it's going to be like one one night in and out. I'm not going to oh, stay yeah. there for like an extended period of time. But mom, do we have any earplugs? <laughs> I can't get this screaming. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to like patronize anybody, but. So, if you have actually any recommendations, um, I've seen some stuff on, like, 
YouTube and Wikipedia about like the haunted places in like Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And I we're willing to like take a little trip up to like Duluth or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um I think that we should do that next. We should. I and feel record like it. That would, yeah, I feel like it would be really fucking fun. <laughs> well, you'd have to hold the camera on. Because yep. I I have a benign tremor, so it looked like the Blair Witch Project, <laughs> except we're not oh, running. Oh, but actually, we could <laughs> that we could play into that. But and then we have to get like an EMF reader. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, we've got a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> well, when you said recommendations, thank you for the segue because I always forget to say rate, review, and subscribe, and follow uh, us on yes. at Flyover Crime on Twitter. Uh, flyovercrime at gmail.com is how you can contact us. And we also have a Facebook page that's also just flyovercrime. I'm surprised nobody has taken that name. Um, I'm surprised that you set that all up for us. <laughs> I'm surprised I, I was know. capable of I know, it. I know. I'm very proud of you because I'm just like, oh, that sounds really exhausting. Who manages all this? <laughs> because I know that I don't. It is not updated super frequently. <laughs> I'll try to post something today about uh, this episode. All right. Well, okay. So you've got some content. Mm-hmm. We're very excited to be back. Um, we'll be better about this now. Yeah. For sure. Well, now that we got approval for Apple Pod, I mean, Amazon and Spotify are huge, but yeah. Apple's yeah. really, it's that's a, where yeah, it's at. Yeah. We, we got some big stars. <laughs> um, so you guys have a wonderful weekend, a wonderful week, and we will talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye, guys.